You're listening to the After the Stork podcast, Infant and Toddler Sleep with Megan Robert. This episode is one of my favorite types of episodes. It's a part of the Stork Story series. Stork Stories are interviews that I have with past clients so that you can get the perspective of a parent prior to, during, and after either sleep shaping or sleep training. This specific Stork Story is with one of my previous clients, Rachel Radspinner, about her son, Remy. Seeing how well he sleeps and comparing it to what life was like before, um, he definitely was more irritable. He He's just such a happy baby now. Um, and he enjoys sleeping. He loves to fall asleep. But he, he loves nap time. He almost cries for nap time. And before it was, he was crying because he was so tired and he needed someone to be holding him to fall asleep. Welcome to the After the Stork podcast, Infant and Toddler Sleep with Megan Robert. That's me, creator and host. If you have an infant or toddler and sleep is a priority for your family, if you want to create healthy sleep habits and a strong and safe sleep foundation for your little one, if you desire a predictable schedule that permits time for things like self-care, date nights, and planned outings, If you need your bed back or want your child sleeping in their own sleep space and desire to follow safe sleep guidelines, if you crave an overall well-rested and thriving family, well, you've come to the right place. As an infant and toddler sleep consultant, I built this podcast to bring you all things infant and toddler sleep and sleep training so that you can have the confidence in making informed decisions that are best for your family when it comes to your child's sleep. Your child is worth it. Your family is worth it. And moms, dads, you are worth it. Now let's dive in. So how is Remy doing? He's doing really well. Um, Unfortunately, he had like the worst accident yesterday. The worst what? Accident. He was, um, he's walking now. So he was just walking around in our playroom and fell face first into the edge of a bookcase and so he busted the outside of his mouth and the inside of his lip so we took him to the doctor and they're like well you might need to go to the ER for stitches so we took him to the ER luckily he didn't need stitches but the point like his lip is just like a golf ball Mm -hmm, poor thing Um, oh my goodness so other he's doing really well oh and he had roseola last week so um, mm, that's a virus, right? Yes. Yeah, so they have, um, it's like three to five days of a super high fever. Um, it was like 104, three nights in a row. Oh, no. And then once the fever breaks, a day or two later, they get a rash all over their body. Mm-hmm. At least we knew what it was, and he got through it fine. But... Yeah. <laughs> Rough week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For a little man. My goodness. <laughs> But it's just typical, right? Yeah. They get sick, they fall. Right. Yeah. And how are you doing? Doing well. Yeah. Um, Okay. No, in general, he's he's sleeping like a champion. I mean, he he starts to yawn when I start the routine with him. And I put him in his crib and he just nestles up and just kind of smiles and falls asleep immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love to hear that. Yeah. 
So to get started, do you want to introduce yourself and, uh, you know, kind of talk about where you guys were before we met? Sure. I'm Rachel Redspinner. I have two sons, John, who's three, and Remy, who is now one. When he was 11 months old, we were very desperate because we realized we needed to to fix his his sleep. Um, he had reflux from the time he was just a couple weeks old. Severely impacted impacted his ability to fall asleep and stay asleep throughout the night. He had his first ear infection when he was only four months old. Um, we eventually made the tough decision after seven ear infections to get tubes put in. But pretty much by the time he was 11 months old, he just has, had never slept through the night. I think maybe twice. And the number of times that he woke up three times was five. Um, it was most often that he was waking up five or more times per night. Um, we even got a letter of medical necessity that I sent to you, uh, Megan, from our doctor. And I think it just put it so perfectly. Um, our doctor wrote, Remy has literally been uncomfortable most every day and especially at night since he was born. Remy has never had the chance to learn to sleep like a normal, healthy infant. I don't think I knew about the letter. I never seen that. Yeah, that was so that we could use our HSA. Oh, yeah. You're the family that made me realize I could, that families could do that. <laughs> yeah. So um, our doctor, so kind to write that. And, yeah. you know, that's another thing that just almost made me start, or did make me start crying. Just <laughs> seeing it written out that, you know, he never got the chance to sleep like a normal baby. Um, yeah. But no, I, you know, I think if you have any clients in the future who, you know, need something like that, you could probably use that as a model or okay. you know, sisters can just sign off on it. <laughs> yeah. So did you guys have to actually ask for that in order to your, use your HSA? He didn't just like give you this letter. No, I mean, we had that. We asked him for it. You requested. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good to know. Cause I, I've never thought about kind of guiding parents on that part of it and suggesting mm-hmm. it. So it might be something I need to start making sure people are aware of. It's even an option. You know, sometimes people just aren't willing to pay for something until they're like so desperate. Mm-hmm. And I think it would help if they knew that they had other options. Right. I'm not sure, but I think, I think even if you don't have an HSA, if you had a letter like this, it might make it deductible as a medical expense. Oh. I need to look into that more. I think. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that helps, you know, that can save people 20, 30 or more percent. Yeah. <laughs> You're able to deduct it. But, yeah. Um, when you got that letter, when you were talking with the doctor, when did you guys end up reaching out or looking into even hiring a sleep consultant? It was around that time. I think we, we realized that after we got the tubes that we were going to be in a position where he, he needed to learn to sleep and that he would be able to do it on his own. 
Mm -hmm. It was really simultaneously with that. Um, As soon as he recovered from the surgery is when I think we had our first conversation. How do you think that um, his not being able to sleep, do you feel that that affected him prior to working together? Like, did you notice how it affected him or, or was it more about, you know, his ear infections and, you know, feeling uncomfortable? I think the ear infections and the reflux and then being on antibiotics, obviously (laughs) those were the the primary reasons that he was an uncomfortable baby. Um, But looking back now and seeing, seeing how well he sleeps and comparing it to what life was like before, um, he definitely was more irritable. He, he's just, such a happy baby now um, and he enjoys sleeping. He loves to fall asleep and he, he loves nap time. He almost cries for nap time. And before it was, he was crying because he was so tired and he needed someone to be holding him to fall asleep. He needed that comfort. Um, yeah. He was relying on us for that, but now he's so independent. Yeah. And how, how was it affecting you and like your relationship with your partner? I was not sleeping. Um, (laughs) So looking back and realizing, you know, you don't really sleep for, you know, the second half of your pregnancy and then having him and I was up five, six times a night. Um, I was, I was depleted. I had no patience for anything. I had no emotional capacity to to be a good wife, um, I tried, but it's hard. Um, and I know my husband Ryan saw that he he was really worried about me. He kept telling me I needed to take care of myself. But I mean, with the ear infections, there really there wasn't a chance to. Yeah, it's like how do you how do you take care of yourself when you're constantly taking care of a child who's uncomfortable? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Um, so when you guys decided to reach out, you know, for support, were there any concerns that you had like about the process or, you know, even reaching out to someone in general for help? Sure. I think we were pretty desperate at that point, but I was worried about just letting him cry it out in his crib. Um, that really scared me. I think I, I hate hearing any baby cry. (laughs) I hate hearing my own baby cry. I just always needed to run in there and comfort him. So that, that really scared me. But at the point we called you, we were almost willing to try anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when we went through the process, do you recall like what that felt like for you and, and just like, are you able to walk through how you felt, how you perceived the whole process of sleep training when we work together? Sure. During the first 15-minute call, even explaining to you what was going on felt like such a release. I think I was crying on the phone. I'm not sure if you realized, but just (laughs) just talking to someone that I knew was going to be able to help us was, was just like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders already. I was I was so happy to be able to just make the first step um, because we didn't have too much to lose. (laughs) Um, 
So then during the one hour call with you and talking through everything, um, it gave me a lot of comfort to have a plan in place and to be able to work with you on a customized plan that fit how we wanted to to schedule Remy's sleep and to be able to give him comfort. And it reassured me that he wasn't just going to be crying in his crib all night, that we could go in and comfort him. And you worked with us on, on a plan. Um, so we, we checked on him every five minutes while he was crying. Um, and it, that first night was excruciating, but it was only, I think, 45 minutes, <laughs> which surprised me. I, I thought it was going to be hours before he fell asleep, but he fell asleep, you know, in under an hour. And that was our hardest night. Mm-hmm. Second night was even better. And it was, you know, by the, by the third or fourth night, he was already falling asleep really quickly without crying. And even within a couple of weeks, he cut out his nighttime feeding. When, when he started sleeping well, how many night feedings did he have? Do you remember? Just one. Just one. And yeah. when we... We had even had a plan for two night feedings, I think. I think yeah, like so we put it in the sleep plan. First night, the first night he had two feedings. And that might have been it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he really quickly adjusted to just having one night feeding. And then within a month or so, it was none. He cut it out completely. Mm-hmm. And when we started, he already had good a good nap, right? He was pretty sure you had mentioned in the intake form, like his naps were an hour and a half. Were you, was he requiring you to hold him during nap time before our time together? He was in daycare. He started in daycare in June. Mm-hmm. So he did learn to nap pretty well there. That's right. Yeah. At home on the weekends, he was requiring me to nurse him to fall asleep. Um, so pretty much every time I was putting him in the script, I was nursing him to sleep. And his naps on the weekends did vary. He would have, he did pretty good with, you know, hour, hour and a half naps but um yeah I I think that daycare really taught him that independence of being able to fall asleep because he had to it was just when he was home he was relying on us yeah so really your main your main hurdle to overcome was the bedtime process that was the biggest hurdle for sure yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. what did you notice about Remy um, after, like once he started sleeping well, did you notice anything in particular? Did anything stick out? He became a very happy baby. His disposition during the day was not, he, he was always a happy baby, but his disposition almost all the time is just happy and smiley. Um, I'm able to pick up almost immediately when he's tired or the nights that he needs to go down earlier because, you know, he'll have just a little bit of crankiness when he's ordinarily just a very positive, outgoing and fun-loving little guy. Um, so that's a big change. <laughs> that's a good change. Yeah. <laughs> Love those happy babies. Yeah. And how did uh, the process like 
after he started sleeping well, it affect you as an individual? I started to sleep well. I still sleep well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, but, you know, looking back and just realizing how much I didn't sleep. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're the nights now where he's sick or he's just a little cranky and I need to wake up in the night just to reassure him and comfort him. Mm-hmm. And the next day I'm just dragging and <laughs> I just wonder how I made it for so long. Um, and I guess the point is that I really wasn't, you know, our whole family was struggling because no one was sleeping. Yeah. I think it's hard sometimes for people to realize when this, when they're so sleep deprived that they're really that sleep deprived because like it just becomes your norm. Right. Then after you one foot in front of the other and you keep going, you don't know until, until you look back on it to see how sleep deprived you were. Yeah. Did you feel that uh, Remy and, and you, everyone getting better sleep, did that change anything with your relationship, like either with your partner and or, you know, with friends and family outside of outside of home? For sure. I think with with Ryan, my husband, things are a lot better. I do have a lot more patience with him. I have a lot more patience with our toddler, John. Um, in general, I just have a lot more capacity <laughs> to handle the day-to-day struggles. I was I was just emotionally depleted before, and I think you know that comes out in being quick to anger, or just being irritable, like Remy was. I was too. Um, so now that he sleeps and I sleep, Ryan and I are a lot closer. I feel like. I can sympathize with him a lot more Um, prior to this. He would complain about being tired or feeling depleted. And I almost wouldn't let him, (laughs) I wouldn't let him complain, you know, like, how can you be tired? I'm the one who's tired. (laughs) And now just having, having rest and having the capacity to, to realize that he was struggling too. Um, I think it's, it's made us a lot closer. Mm-hmm. That's, that's great to hear. Obviously not what, what it was like before, but no, <laughs> I, sleep. it was really hard. I'm sure it was hard for him not, not having someone that he could confide in or someone that was sympathetic to what he was going through. Right. It, it made me feel like I was being a bad wife, but yeah. I was trying my best to be a good mother. And sometimes those things just don't align the way you want them to. Right. Yeah. So, so it feels like a lot of responsibility sometimes can be overwhelming. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so what, uh, other than sleep and like learning about sleep, what, was there anything after the process that kind of like surprised you or that you took away from the process? Hmm. I think really what surprised me is how easy you made it. <laughs> you know, I, meeting with you and talking with you was was just so simple. You made it feel simple. I know it's not a, a simple concept. You made it feel like 
like, wow, why haven't we been doing this this whole time? (laughs) (laughs) And I know, you know, Remy had his difficulties, but all that to say, just you, you're a rock star. I think that's really what surprised me is I, I wasn't expecting that. I was, you know, we were desperate. We were willing to try anything. We just wanted to give it a shot. Like I said, we didn't have anything to lose and just coming away and you're a miracle worker. <laughs> um, you turned our baby from a cranky guy who needed me to fall asleep and needed to nurse to fall asleep. To, and he just, he's a dream. He falls asleep on his own and he's so happy. And yeah. I never thought he would be a baby that loves to sleep, but he does. Right. Well, you know, even though I helped you guys through it, a lot of the credit goes to you guys because you took that step to reach out for help, which I know can be really difficult sometimes. And then, you know, I wasn't the one implementing the sleep plan. So I know that that can be hard on a, on a family, especially mothers, not always the mom, but a lot of times the mom. So a lot of the credit goes to you, but. Well, thank you, but it really was you. (laughs) Um, And I did really appreciate every call we had, he followed it up with a very detailed email about everything we discussed. The sleep plan had every detail and every iteration of what could happen and what we should do. So I really appreciated having a well thought out and designed plan because that made it simple for us because it was right now. Yeah. So I know you mentioned something about Remy that surprised you. Yeah, it just surprised me how independent Remy already was. I mentioned that he took only 45 minutes to fall asleep that first night. And I thought it was going to take a lot longer. And then very, very quickly, he started sleeping through the night. And I was surprised that he already had it in him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things that I won't... I, I I still get surprised, you know, every time I work with a family, but it's one of those things that I constantly have to remind myself and parents sometimes is like, you know, children are capable of doing things that we often don't believe they can until we give them the opportunity to show us. So I love hearing how he's doing right now and that he loves to sleep, which is one of those things I love to hear. (laughs) Right. I came across an Instagram post the other day. don't think it was yours but it was a quote and it said something along those lines about the only hurdles that children have to overcome are their parents oh that's good um and it's true you know I was I was inhibiting him essentially I thought I was comforting him and I was you know it was simultaneous with getting the tubes and working through all of that but um you know it was surprising that but he was already able to do it despite, despite me, <laughs> despite me needing to comfort him. He didn't, he didn't need it as much as either of us thought he did. Right. Yeah. So what does Remy's, what are, what does his nap look like now? So he recently moved up to the classroom, the next classroom at daycare. Uh-huh. And they just do the one nap from 1215 to 215. So we keep him home for his morning nap and that like 8.45 and I have to wake him up at 10.15. 
so that I can get him to school so he can have lunch and everything. Um, and he normally falls asleep between 12, 30, 12, 45 and sleeps till 2.15 or 2.30. Nice. Yeah. So he's still on that two nap schedule. Mm-hmm. Yep. Still doing great. And then he actually is usually asleep by 6.30 or 6.45 mm-hmm. at night and sleeps till 6. Mm-hmm. And what time? Oh, 6 a.m. Sleeps until mm-hmm. 6 a.m. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. He's doing great. Well, that's great to hear. I know. <laughs> he's just he's so happy he just <laughs> amazing just put him in his crib and he just like snuggles in and he doesn't even cry really thank you so much it's I, I didn't think we would ever get here we were so desperate we were I mean it was it was awful <laughs> people ask us like well sorry you don't having kids and I think if Remy had been an easy baby, you know, possibly, but there's no way we could go do this again. <laughs> well, you know, you have me for earlier than 11 months. <laughs> but even with John, John had six ear infections. Oh, goodness. He was he was a much better sleeper because his didn't start until later. Yeah. Um, that must have been after he was a year old. Um, so he slept a lot better, but, and he didn't have quite the reflex issues that Remy did. Did either you or um, your husband have ear infections as a child? No, but my brother did. Okay. So that's probably the culprit. (laughs) It runs on my side somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Ear infections are no fun. No. And, you know, most of them were double ear infections. Mm -hmm. And it was even to the point where it was hard to tell the difference between a normal night of sleep and a bad night of sleep. Yeah, I'm sure. That's a sign of an ear infection is when they can't sleep for more than, you know, a couple hours at a time. And he really wasn't there anyway because of the reflux. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like, well, he seems more irritable than a normal night. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was usually right. I'd, I'd gotten pretty good at it after John, but. Um. Yeah. Yeah. The, the last mom that I interviewed for the podcast, uh, she mentioned that before sleep training, she like never knew if he was sick or not. And so I'm sure that mm-hmm. the, the whole, you know, if, if they wake up every frequent, so frequently and they have you know, and they're not usually doing that, then you're able to pick up on stuff like in your infection, but it's probably harder when mm-hmm. they're sleep deprived or having trouble sleeping in general. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to talk to a parent right now who was either on the fence or just like talking about how sleep deprived they are because of their child's sleep, what would you, what would you say to them? I've already recommended you to a number of parents that have talked to me about how they're struggling with their little ones having sleep. And I think the hardest thing is asking for help and just admitting to yourself that you you need some advice, you need some help with this. Um, As I mentioned, just even talking to you about our struggles with Remy and his sleep was invaluable. I already feel like a weight had been lifted off my shoulder 
we hadn't even started yet. Um, and of course we had the additional miraculous benefit of having a baby now who loves to sleep. But, you know, I think people turn to Google a lot and you read a million different articles or you've read 10 different books on, on infant sleep. And, you know, for me, it was all these tips and ideas floating in my head. And should I try this? Should I try this? And I didn't even have the capacity to sit down and implement a plan on my own. I, I just, I didn't have it in me. I was too sleep deprived to even sit down and come up with a plan for myself. So being able to call someone, being able to call you and talk through it and say, okay, I'm going to dedicate these 15 minutes and I'm going to dedicate this hour and then we're going to have a plan. Let's just do it. It just made all the difference. Well, Rachel, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure working with you guys. You guys were such a fun family to, you know, connect with. And I always find it um, like rewarding and just like being you opening up with me and trusting me. Like it's just very rewarding to to know that you felt that way with me and that I was able to provide that for you guys. Um, because I do feel like parenting in general and then touching on the topic of sleep, it can be a raw subject. So like to be vulnerable about it, I really appreciate. So do you have any, uh, anything else that you'd like to say to our listeners before we go? Thank you so much for everything you do. I do hope that people listening to this podcast, mothers, fathers, grandmothers, (laughs) give Megan a call. She's wonderful. She is She's worth it. She's worth the time. She's incredible to work with. And, you know, at the very least, you'll come away with with someone that you can trust and who's there to give you advice. And it's been incredible to work with you, too. Thanks, Rachel. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this stork story part of the After the Stork podcast, Stork Story Series, where I interview past clients. If you have a similar story to Rachel here, if you are someone struggling with your child's sleep, wanting to make a change, or maybe you are someone who's wanting to be proactive with your child's sleep, whether you are expecting, have a newborn, or are about to go through some kind of sleep transition, check out what working with someone like me entails. Download a copy of What Does Working with a Child Sleep Consultant Entail at afterthestorksleep.com forward slash what is entailed. The link will also be included in the show notes. And if you are a past client of mine who would like to share your story, please reach out to me. You can do so via text, email, or even a DM on social media using the handle at afterthestork.megan. That's at afterthestork.megan, found on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in to the After the Stork podcast. Before you go, if you find value in this podcast, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share so that we can reach more families who value sleep. And as always, a quick reminder that your child is worth it, your family is worth it, and you are worth it.